0: You hear about the um the the trouble there no okay we'll talk about that in a minute then um yeah uh <laughs> welcome to in the abyss um we are back we're just kind of talking amongst ourselves but we're just going to kind of crack on with it um what we were talking about was the uh the, the the sort of tragic events at brixton academy just before christmas when two people were killed in uh in crowd crushes um, both inside and outside the building, I think, wasn't it? It was sort of in and out. And oh, I mean, we, we don't, we don't, obviously, we don't know the no. full details, but.
1: Um, the foyer certainly was was one area.
0: Yeah, that, you know, the place was full of people and there was, I think, something like a couple of thousand actually trying to get in. It was an Asaki concert, which I, I'm assuming is some kind of hip hop or grime yeah, or. Yeah, something along those lines. Um, unfortunately led to a couple of deaths. And, and so Brixton Academy's had its license suspended for another three months. So, I mean, we, the reason we're talking about it is how it could potentially change live music in England because if if they start looking at things like venue capacities and and stuff like that, then, you know, it could have a knock-on effect on, on all sorts of ticket prices. Who was, firstly, who was playing um asaki a, 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 a rapper of some kind i think i, I don't know so so p- there was a
2: crowd surge and people fell on the floor and they got trampled. no
0: no it wasn't so much that the place was already full and there was I, I don't know if it all kind of happened across social media or whatever but it was there was the reckon there was another sort of 1500 2000 people outside trying to get in but they, apparently there was also people with tickets outside and there were people inside without tickets and it all obviously...
1: I think you know. the, the problem with this at the moment is we don't have the exact details. No, we don't. But there's there's a comparison to Hillsborough in that there's a, the accusations being made about um, crushing and pushing from outside from people who don't have tickets, but also the fact that it's not that simple and there's more details and much more nuance to the situation. And we probably need to wait until, like there's been a full inquiry before we can really judge.
0: Hence why Brixton Academy has had yeah, its licence for another three months. So. Lots of
1: assumptions have been made. People, ju- you know, people accusing young, you know, young black people for being, you know, sort of rubbish and that, that stuff. And it's, you know, it's not fair. But it, it, yeah, we don't know. But there's been stories about security guards. Yeah, but like, I'm sorry. Selling tickets on the side, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah,
2: yeah, I know. But like, this is a problem. And it goes back to something like we've talked about before about things like gig and festival etiquette like i get it like you know you want to see the the the, the artists you know you're a big fan but if you haven't got a ticket i'm sorry tough shit yeah
0: i yeah, mean yeah, yeah.
2: Can, can you imagine if like um when maiden or someone like that have played the brick's academy and you know this you know do you get 5000 2000 maiden fans outside like trying to force their way in they just think well I'll just I'll see him again.
0: Thing is, I don't yeah. think it's quite that clear cut, is it? Because there's this, there's all sorts of stories going around about counterfeit tickets and people who have managed to get into the venue without tickets already, and there's people outside with tickets trying to get in and all that kind yeah, of shit well, I think it's going to it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be it's going to be a, a very messy investigation. Yeah, but, I think.
2: Yeah, I, I get that. So that what you're looking at then is you're looking at negligence on the part of Brookson Academy
1: because if you haven't got a
2: system in place to actually check tickets, that's I mean that's. A- no, that's that's a, that's a basic requirement if you're running yeah. a venue. You, yeah. have, you have a ticketing system. Secondly, whoever's selling the tickets, if they bought them directly from and Academy or if they're buying them from, like, another agent, what are they doing? And thirdly, and, you know, it's this is always going to be a thing with paper tickets. So I'm assuming there are touts outside selling counterfeit tickets, right? Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, so, I mean, touts are, like, I've always thought there were more negatives to touts than there were positives. So, I mean, I remember when we saw Pearl Jam in Cardiff in like 2000, and we had that spare ticket, and like the guy was offering me 10 quid for it. And I'm like, no, because you're selling them for 35, 40, yeah. give me 20. He was like, oh, fuck off, I'm not interested. I'm like, well, just give me 15 then. But they're not even worth, like, they're not even interested in them, They're just, I want a ticket for 10 quid. And I, I've always thought about this as well. You get these towers, they've got the tickets outside, and they're buying, they're even buying tickets off. people. Do they really sell all those tickets?
0: Who knows? I mean, I do think the thing is, these days, we, we're moving into digital ticketing, aren't we? It's very rare that you actually get a physical ticket now. So, and as much as that sucks that you don't get your physical ticket anymore, at least with digital ticketing, it is starting to reduce the, the, um, the touts and 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 people selling tickets. I mean, yeah, you've still got Viagogo where people are selling tickets for a stupid price, but like Ticketmaster, for instance, if you sell, if you've booked a ticket for a gig and you can't make it, you can sell it on Ticketmaster, but you sell it at face value. And the, the face value ticket exchanges becoming more and more of a common thing. Somehow we've got to stop ticket touts in general. And the likes of fucking Viagogo don't really help that because... I remember last year, I looked to see if um, I could pick up a a last-minute ticket for Anthrax at Brixton Academy, and there was one standing ticket on there that somebody wanted 350 quid for. You know, it's fucking insane. So that's the kind of shit that needs cutting out. But to have control over that, yeah, fucking... Look, ticket-touting for sporting events is illegal in the UK now, but ticket-touting for music events isn't.
2: Do you know what Uh, I'd like to do? Go to a really popular concert, and actually sell touts. I'll buy or sell any touts. <laughs> <laughs> like you have like a van. You have like you pull up with the van, like there's like 15 touts in the back. You know? You go, and you go up to another tower, you go, come here mate. I've got like I've got seven tickets. Like five or each, yeah. but you've got to come to the van. They they look in the van, you hit them with the back of the head. And then chuck him back, chuck him in the van, lock, lock the van up
0: anyway the the one, the re, the, re, the, re, look, the reason we would talk about this is how this kind of thing might affect gig going in the future because like i said it might it might lead to things like reduced capacities which would lead to increased ticket prices and and all this kind of thing so one thing i wanted
1: one one thing i did want to say actually it's kind of just made me thinking about about things it's worth worth mentioning and giving food for thought to people a lot of these venues obviously have fixed capacities in places for reasons for safety reasons you know, I've, I've, been, I've been involved in sort of surges and crushes at gigs, and it does get scary sometimes, but a lot of the time, you know, it's because, um, you know, there, there's, there's a limit there. But, you know, if you think back in the day, something we used to do, especially at Brixton, was, you know, one of us might have had a seating ticket because we couldn't get standing tickets. And we used to play um, um, the old switcheroo with people. Yeah, where we sort of uh, get a ticket from someone else, switch it around, and so you all all end up in the standing area. Um, the thing is, if, if a lot of people are doing that, you're going to end up in a situation where, you know, standing is oversubscribed. There's a lot more people in standing, and there's lots of empty seats upstairs because people are pulled switcheroos. And, of course, that is dangerous. And, of course, you look at it from that angle, it's not something that people should be doing. And when you consider it, you know, instances especially rock music history, like in 1988 at Donington, where they didn't really anticipate the crowd.
0: Yeah, uh, like Glastonbury Festival over the years as well was another one that, you know, people were, thousands of people used to climb over the fences and and all sorts. So it's... it's
1: I, I get I it. Know. You want to you see the band. You want to go. And I, I get that. But it's it's a safety thing. And I don't know, we, we've had things like this and we know about Hillsborough and we know about Donington and it's just... You gotta, you gotta make the right decision. Because it shouldn't be happening in these
0: days. It shouldn't be happening these days at all. It should be, you know, with all the regulations and all the safety, you know, it, it just shouldn't. No. Happen. So, um,
1: I mean, I, I, I say, something. I, I can't stand Shepherd's Bush as an as an, a venue. For me, it just feels cramped and sort of just badly laid out and just awful in that regard but what they do have is they have separate entrances for seating and standing yeah you can't pull the switcheroos quite frankly they they have that capacity limited and as long as they can control the you know ticket counterfeit stuff they're okay so that's that's reassuring so maybe we need more of that but
0: places like brixton and hammersmith i mean you know disregarding what went on outside the venue but with that sloping floor yeah you know it it isn't it isn't ideal like you said god knows how many gigs been to at brixton academy and if if a crowd surges on that sloping floor it's fucking dangerous
1: well i mean you've got i mean you've got those like barriers halfway along haven't you yeah on the floor yeah is that is that meant to help because for me that's that's always screamed i I, I
0: don't know i don't know it just feels like that would make it worse to be honest Mm. but what's um... the
1: capacity of brixton
0: academy I think it's about four K and four K or something like
1: that. that. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's just a big old venue, then. I mean, it's like it's, surely it's, you'd have
1: that's enough people remember, to
2: cause a problem. I remember. Right? I mean, I, 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 I think when you when we've been to, for example, like when we went to see Black Sabbath in, in the supposed last summer back in two thousand.
0: <laughs> it's five. It's five K, by the way, Ripson Academy.
2: Yeah. Um, and do you remember it was at the NEC.
0: Yeah.
2: And. We we were we were on the on the on the floor, but it was it was rows of seats. And it, it felt it naff was
0: 90, it was ninety nine, wasn't
1: it? Ninety nine. Ninety nine, yeah, December yeah, sure ninety nine. But yeah. it
2: felt naff because like, you know, like that gig would have been much better if it was standing yeah, only yeah, yeah. on yeah. the floor. And you know, because it only sees a big place. Yeah. Um but at the same time, having at least some kind of like I don't know. Could you even have a situation where they want to, like in gigs at some venues, like if you had like a purpose-built venue, what, the, what they're trying to do in, in some football venues now with the, the safe safe seating. Yeah. So like the barriers and there's a seat. I mean, again, I mean, that, I don't know if that would work in, 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 a, in a concert venue, but that would also at least, make, it gives people the choices. You can go and see a gig and you can stand up. But if you want to sit down, you can and then you've got you can sell tickets per seat on the standing floor but it, i don't know if that would work it it's would, tricky it would with music isn't knuff, it? Wouldn't
0: it it's tricky with music isn't it because music crowds are so much more fluid aren't they they're there's always on the move and you know mosh pits and all that kind of shit so it it would be a, it would be a tough thing to look i mean you know how many hundreds of thousands of, of music gigs there are every year you know, you very rarely hear about trouble. But these 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 the things, thing. though,
2: the the these things are usually all. They ultimately come back to. There's very little you can do. Like one man, one person, one woman, 50, 60, a hundred, like stewards can do. If you've got a crowd of four, five, six, ten, twenty five, hundred, twenty five thousand, there's, there's so little influence they can they can exert on that kind of crowd in order yeah. to keep them safe. Because yeah. I mean, I, I I use the example of look what happened last year in Seoul. at a, during Halloween when they yeah, switched, was yeah, 55 yeah. people were across the town. Yeah. Right. So I know exactly where that happened and I've been up that alley and it's the same thing. It's, it's a, it's a slight slope. It's a narrow alley. It's a it's got the old it? And it's got, it's got the old like kind of cobblestones and they get slippery. Yeah. You know, and, um, that was that particular incident was the fault of the police for letting too many people go into that area to begin with, because it wasn't just that one road. It was, it was, it was, there's, there's a, there's a road behind it, which is quite narrow. And there's loads of bars. People were like funneled in and that was the only point they could get out. And that's where the crush happened. And what the authorities did was they blamed it on, they blamed it on foreigners. Um, and I'm sure this, and it's like Ant said, they're, they're trying to blame it on like African Americans or, or sorry, uh, um, uh, Anglo Caribbean um, people not knowing how to behave or being too pushy or trying to get in for free. So that's that's not nice. That that's not productive. or it doesn't solve anything.
0: No, point, point in the adjo- finger, it doesn't address doesn't the issue either. No, it doesn't. You can't blame. You
2: can't just blame the crowd because once once you get a crowd of that size, it kind of takes on a mind of its own. And like, I I watched a video about how the dynamics of a crowd of that size work and it's like you know it's like ripples on a pond once you start the ripples it's really difficult to stop them yeah, yeah. so how do you stop that crowd surging forward once it's started to surge you, there's not much you can do and like the, the one of the things as well i think if you go back there's actually a video on youtube it's about it's like it's there's two different parts and they're about 15 minutes long and it's actually called axel rose yelling at audiences and no but what he does is he's in like Buenos Aires or Rio and he's singing like knocking on heaven's door and he just stops and he's like interpreter and the interpreter comes on and he goes and he's like gets her to like parallel translate he's like everybody stop take three steps back because you're crushing the front because and that all goes back to their experience of Donington and eighty yeah, 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 eight. Yeah, yeah. So, but if if and and the, but the only the only thing that the only thing that we can really make a difference in those situations is if the act has some as the wherewithal to see what's going on in front of them and say, stop, right, everyone take a breather, take everyone take two steps back because people at the front are getting trodden on and we don't want anyone killed. But in in all fairness. How many how many crushes over the years have happened at hip hop concerts?
0: I mean, I, I don't I don't know I don't have that yeah. Impression.
2: but What I'm saying is, it's that this has been more of an because you, you had uh, the Rosskill Trans festival in Denmark. Remember this? Like four or five yeah, kids yeah. got killed there. Donington yeah. '88.
0: Yeah. Um.
2: It, it, even there was a bit of a bad surge that year at uh, Big Day Out. Remember? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah um, just a bit. Yeah.
2: yeah. And. I'm sure it's happened at other concerts. It, it, will have, it will have done, yeah. Yeah,
1: it will have done. I, something I do want, I actually want to mention, it's for thing uh, before anyway. In 1990, in West Hollywood, there was a borderline riot. Police were out. Police had to be called later on. Um, horseback, cars, all sorts, because of the amount of people that had descended into West Hollywood for, a, for an event. Um, Can you guess who the band was? When was this? 1990.
0: 1990. Who the band was?
1: Yeah, a band announced a signing. It was a bit last minute in West Hollywood. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Now, okay, it's not metal, but it's relevant. But yeah, this, you know, they had done a massive, massive gig in Pasadena two years before. um, After a sort of quite a successful tour, sort of becoming one of these big alternative kind of pop Bands over there, and it's documented on the 101 documentary. It's great stuff, and of course, yeah, Violator was coming out two two years later, and they decided to do a signing in West Hollywood, at Tower or somewhere like that, um, you know, in preparation for Violator. And they thought, yeah, well, we, we've had a couple of years out, and you know, we'll we'll have a few local people, but they weren't expecting a lot of people to turn up. And of course, it was it it was announced sort of fairly late in the day, and literally. Thousands of people descended to actually go to go to that signing. Now, yeah, it it, obviously they didn't have a capacity for that. They didn't expect that much, and in the end, there were you know the kids were kicking off and it was getting feisty. And yes, basically there was it, it was almost a riot in West Hollywood because of Depeche Mode. I mean, it's it's fascinating stuff, but you can't when it comes to these sort of like last minute gigs, last minute signings last minute events like this you can't you shouldn't be doing things like that unless you have got the basically the full approval and uh, you know administrative preparation done with councils with police with all sorts because you're gonna you're gonna have that sort of attention if you know yeah yeah. if you do something like that you've got to expect thousands turning up especially with the internet where word of mouth is instantaneous and isn't just sort of happening through phone calls when people can get to the phone um and i don't know if this gig in brixton was a was a last minute sort of um surprise show but i don't i don't think so
0: i think it was just i think there was like they were doing like two or three nights there i think
1: okay right but even so but with stuff like that with these secret shows you can attract a you know a lot of lot of interest now it could well be that a lot of fans of certain bands are intelligent and aren't going to do something like that and say right well i've got got no ticket i can't go i don't know but there always needs to be a damn sight more i think preparation on 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 the side of the organizers and the people involved because you've you've always got that risk of something kicking off that's quite big and dangerous
0: yeah well like like you said the the words you use are exactly right it's all food for thought but let's just hope that it's it's a one-off tragic event and it, it doesn't you know, they the venues learn from it, and security companies learn from it, and, and it doesn't happen again. And and you know, we can carry on going and seeing bands and not have to to worry about this kind of shit. Because I mean, the,
1: the sort of I say the worst thing I've seen certainly certainly the main thing I remember outside of Brixton Academy was when we were just seeing Pantera in two thousand. I say Pantera, I mean three blokes and a drunk twat. Um, yeah. Um, and there was a full-on fist fight on that road outside with someone yeah. basically between a Pantera fan and uh, a driver who I don't know either got knocked over or fallen onto the car, or was give, giving up. But yeah, full-on, full-on brawl. Well, that was pretty. That's pretty that standard, road.
0: Brixton, twenty odd years yeah, ago, though, yeah. isn't it? So you know, Um let, let's, let's let's move on. Things a bit more positive. But off the back of, of talking about live music and gigs and shit like that, I, I want to quickly talk about. Um something I saw this week called no playback festival now uh, this is a metal festival in Germany, and the whole premise of this and you know the, the sort of name gives it away is that none of the bands playing are allowed to use any kind of backing track, no oh, pre-recorded that yeah. nothing like that I saw whatsoever that. so the lineup is like roster bar sex man of war Raven Holy Moses are on it apparently Holy Moses last ever sort of German show and some other sort of sort of traditional metal bands. Now, admittedly, these kind of bands are the type of bands that you you wouldn't necessarily associate with using backing tracks, anyway. But what what do we think about this? Because so many bands these days do rely on backing tracks, and a lot of the time I get it. Like, if you've got if you've got strings and keys and all this kind of thing in your music, and and you're going out on tour, but financially you can't afford to get yourself in a, a session keyboard player or a cellist or something like that, why wouldn't you use a backing track? You know, and a lot of it does come down to finances, from what I've read. You know, so what what, what do we think about this? Is this is this is this just a bit moronic or or what?
1: I, I think it's worth a go personally because you're gonna have plenty of bands who don't have don't use instruments that have any kind of backing or need backing or whatever. It's it's simply classic drums guitar bass vocals straightforward old school no additional stuff and the thing is all about stuff all about backing stuff all about whatnot that costs money that's going to cost money for the venue for the organizers and you know you can actually look at this and say well we've got an opportunity to bring the cost down by not having bands that need that kind of thing and saying if you want to play this you've just got to keep it simple that's a fair um, point um, so I, I think it yeah I, I think
2: it represents a shift because there seems to be more of a drive or a higher value placed on um authenticity in the last couple of years because
0: as we've talked know, about on countless occasions like yeah but no no
2: i, I i'm like you know like having a, like you know if, if if you see a live band and they're using Back in tracks, you're not really getting a live experience because you know it's like I was listening to um uh live 101 proof by Pantera, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, a while ago. You know, and there's that little section in Cowboys from Hell when he starts playing Cat Scratch Fever, yeah. And it's, it's those little nuggets that make going to see a band live worth it, yeah. And it's yeah, not yeah. just about hearing your songs, it's about maybe. They'll do that riff slightly differently, or they'll they, they'll drop something in, or like you know, you go and see a band and they'll they'll play a cover by a band that they like that you know, like an old school band. Yeah. You know, um, or someone joins them on stage, you know, stuff like that. I'm not talking about when Phil joined joined Satirical on, on stage because that was fucking awful when we <laughs> saw that. <laughs> but you know. Um, like the the biggest cheer of the night for satirical was when Phil Anselmo actually appeared on stage, and that was actually when he was sober. And you're like, dude, you're doing it sober with them. Can you not get? Yeah. Anyway, but um, you know, and it, I think in in the '90s and the early 2000s and stuff, people weren't really that. Like it was like the, the the having like an authentic image and attitude was more important than having an authentic sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you can say that about a lot of different, you know genres so you know fair play it, it, it's 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 almost akin to when the sun said "But well, we're not going to put any women on page three anymore they've got fake boobs it, it, we want authentic natural breasts
0: <laughs> you know what it's a fucking analogy that is no no but it, no it, it, it's the same it's the, <laughs> no no it's the same thing yeah, it, it is the same. It is the same principle. You're right. It's, the, it's that level of authenticity, and that what what you say is right. It is an opportunity to do something a bit different, and it's just plain old rock and roll like it was in the sort of you know, late 60s,
2: personally. 70s. Personally, when they made when the when the Sun made that decision, I was a bit disappointed because, like, I was always a big fan of Melinda Messenger. She's got fake boobs. So I don't care. <laughs> They're nice. You know. You know. But
1: There's us well, Get it the station these days, the anyway, isn't it? So.
0: You know, um, yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm sure there'll be there'll be loads of feedback on it and there'll be positives and negatives. But it's an interesting concept. And to be honest, it would only happen in Germany as well, wouldn't it? You know, it's proper metal. It's a load of proper metal bands. So and it's efficient and it will be it will be efficient. So it's Friday today. And and while we're recording this morning, uh, Metallica dropped a new single, whatever you want to call them these days. A, you know it doesn't really equate to a single but um the song screaming suicide we all had a listen what do we think of it thumbs up yeah i think it's good it'll divide opinion like, a, every time metallica releases a song it divides opinion but
1: i, I prefer it to Luxa like, turner yeah i,
0: like I agree like, to
1: turner um it's got a bit more bit more intensity a bit more drive um it's got a bit, you know a little bit more dynamic to it i think um you know it sort of pulls you in a bit more um
0: I do love the last yeah. minute or so. There's a, there's a really good sort of groove to it, and yeah, you know, Hatfield sort of going for it, and it's, it's it's really good lyrically. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. I, I won't pay too much attention to that. Hetfield's lyrics haven't been particularly strong for a long time.
1: No, I mean, I think I think Luxaturner, You know, the, the, the very cynical part of me thought it was a little bit by numbers. I liked it, but I thought it was a bit formulaic. But yeah, the, the latest one feels a bit more. I don't want to say authentic, but it, it just, it doesn't feel formulaic at all. It sounds it to me like,
0: like they're, um like we said before, they're, they're kind of doing the best that they can do right now, but it just sounds like they've almost gone back to basics and there's just right, good, solid metal tunes. Yeah. No no overthinking it, just this, this is, you know, it's almost like they're jamming and this is what's come out of it. And I yeah. quite like that. And I've got, I've got, high confidence for the album now I think the two songs yeah Padra, what do you think I didn't actually catch all of that sorry talk about the new fucking Metallica song for Christ's sake
2: oh sorry yeah no I um
0: <laughs> the one that so the one
2: that was dropped earlier
0: yeah the one like, that came out today yeah
2: yeah the one that came out today I listened to this morning I do like it I think I think you mentioned that it, it wouldn't be out of place and hardwired. And I agree. Yeah, it's got um, and I sort of think sound. I like the way that they've uh, they've shortened the tracks, and I think there's some good riffs in there. And I and I do think you know is it a case of that maybe they're now getting they're getting influenced by some of the new wave of thrash stuff. That's possible. You know, I mean, because you, know, you think these 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 bands don't operate in a vacuum. Like they don't lock themselves away. They tour with other bands, and they're probably one of the things that I I would like to see more from people like, and it might be out there and I might not have seen it, but like, you know people like James Hetfield and some of the other other old school bands is you know I, I would be interested to know what he thinks is cool like like for example does James Hetfield like Power Trip? You know does yeah. he like?
0: You never really hear enough about that. You get it from Lars, um, and you get you get it a bit from Kirk Hammett as well. But yeah, you, you don't really hear a lot. But James Hetfield isn't on social media, so yeah, I think that's, that's part of it. Whereas Lars, you know, Lars is, Rob Trujillo is, and, and Kirk Hammett is. So that's probably why. But, but yeah, I think we're we're in general agreement, aren't we? That it's, it's a good song, and I've got high hopes for the album. To be honest. Yeah.
2: I don't, I'm not too keen on the drum sound.
0: That drum sound's been the same on the last couple of albums and it was the same on Hardwired yeah. and Death Magnetic, wasn't it? It, was, it is a bit odd. But you know what? At least Lars is back behind that white double kit, Tama kit.
1: I mean, for, for me, it's, it's you know, it's, I would say close to kill but it's it's got that old school rough and it's ready. It's got that
0: feel, yeah. Get yeah. on
1: with it kind of thing, you know. And it, You know, the thing is, it feels like a Metallica that, you know, they've been through a lot of crap. They've put up with the nonsense between each other. They've done the documentaries. They've done the catharsis. They've done rehab. And He's they've fucking re- left the band. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've just got to that point where they're like, you know what? We've been through the worst of it. We're all old. We're all fairly content. Just make music. Yeah. That's no drama. I mean. no. Keep it simple. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. what they,
0: that's exactly what they need to do. Mm-hmm.
1: I saw Don't someone uh, someone on Twitter say today actually, you know, no one hates Metallica more than Metallica fans.
0: Oh, man, that's that's such a that that really does hit the nail on the head, doesn't it? <laughs> some of the comments I've been reading across social media about that song today. So, like, oh, Metallica sold out in 1991, and uh, it's, it's the usual old shit. You know, it's just fucking move on.
1: It sold out in '94 when they wrote, brought a fucking acoustic guitar into there.
0: Yeah. Home.
1: Well, we all know Metallica 84, 84. Have done some
0: absolute tripe in the last thirty years, but you know they're not the only ones. Fuck,
1: we're lucky to still have them. Yeah,
0: exactly. You, exactly. You,
1: you
2: you you can't maintain that level of creativity. No, of course you can't. Par excellence, like you know, there are bands that would kill to have written an album as good as Kill 'Em All. Yeah, and
1: that yeah, was their
2: yeah. first album. You know, like you know, and and you know, it's like you know, if if you've it's like just just an average guy, and most average guys have one time in their life pulled that hot chick, <laughs> and you, you know it's and like you know, and then you look at people who are just like, you, you know, the, the the players of the world, both in both sexes, or, or or any sex or any gender, and um, you just look at that and go. They've, they've got they've they, they're gonna they're gonna meet their load at some point <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right
0: um on that note shall we um
1: the anal- we... analogies are in full swing tonight
0: yeah yeah they are a little bit um so shall we uh should we review some
1: albums yeah like professionals
0: yeah seems that um that january seems to be giving us some um some absolute fucking. Belters. It's, it's a bit early for her. I've had to already started noting down my potential albums of the year. it's been that good. so um you know long may it continue. so um let's start with we'll start with obituary quickly. We'll, we'll quickly go on that dine of everything came out last Friday on the 13th on relapse records um, so we're, we're we're like a week behind, but we should at least talk about it. um look, we all know what obituary do. You know, I think death metal is on a bit of a... It's riding a bit of a crest of a wave at the minute, isn't it? Death There's, metal a there. yeah, There's a lot out there. Yeah, yeah. And while obituary might not necessarily be a death metal band per se these days, you know, they are obviously one of the originators of the Florida scene and all that kind of thing. So, you know, all the new bands like Undeath and in the UK, like Celestial Sanctuary and Hath are another one that, again, a lot of fuss. Yeah. There's fuck loads of death metal around. But when... When one of the big boys like a bitcher, he comes along and drops an album, you 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 like have to stand up and listen and, and pay your respects and, and and that kind of thing. So it's been one of those, I think. It's it's an absolute belter of an album for me. I fucking love it. Everything from the the production to sort of John Tardy's vocals, he's sounding proper, angry. Some of the songs are great. There's loads of hooks, loads of great riffs. And it, it's I, it's it's not even it's it's not even death metal for me it's just like proper southern feeling dirty low slung heavy metal you know with the odd sort of thrash and death moments sort of thrown in
1: I mean there's there's enough death, death stuff I think to, for it to be classed as death metal I think aesthetically as well um, but I mean yeah stuff like The Wrong Time you know that's pretty
0: you know catchy
1: um, it's, it's that's the thing it's that's a chorus. Bean
0: that's pointed out to chorus. me after listening to that he could hear Thin Lizzy's cold sweat in the the intro riff, and I kind of get where he's okay. coming from. But he's got a sort of real sort of bluesy feel to it, and that's what makes them so accessible. I think that's this it's a cracking song. It's got such a groove to it that such a groove.
1: That's it. At this point, you should you should be able to write songs after being yeah. in the industry for this long. That's yeah. it. It's it's you're lucky enough to be if you can do it straight. Away, but you know, no no one, you know, not even the heaviest bands, except maybe Cannibal Corpse, want to just be stuck doing the same grunting thing <laughs> for 40 years. Um, you know, what, on, on that note, I've, I've been listening to a fair bit of Cannibal Corpse in the
0: last couple of weeks to kind of you know, because I've always slated them, I've always just sort of written them off as just you know, just noise, death metal, whatever you want to call it. That's
1: well, that's important. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to get into new things, aren't we? We're trying, yeah, to yeah, and on.
0: and you know, there's. You know, I'm, I'm coming around to the idea of the one i've listening to the most is kill which i actually reviewed for metal pigeon back in the mid 2000s when it came out and slated it because it was just you know <laughs> i thought it was dross but it's got something about it It has. so
1: you know i think i think our ears are just like i say we're you know we're old we're you know, we want to keep our hunger to everything. We want to try out new things, and
0: yeah, exactly, and, and that's it. So, you know, why not try I out think, a thirty-five-year-old death metal band?
1: And this, this is the thing: is you know, the last year I've really started to click with both death death metal and black metal. And I, you know, yeah, I've I've liked stuff here and there in the past, but I never really got into it because I still fundamentally like melodic stuff, you know, catchy yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. kind yeah. of thing. That's always been my. my but this this obituary album
0: has it has yeah. that that melody, doesn't it? Yeah, you know. Um, another track that really has it. got enough dynamics another track that really stands out for me is war i just love the intro you can hear john tardy kind of almost like on a low key basis going you want to go to war i'll take you to war and it's just it's such a great and and there's a there's a riff towards the end of that there's this little acoustic part and then the riff just kicks in and yeah. it just sounds fucking massive and i think live these songs will sound sound amazing they're doing a one off show in the uk London Electro I think. Uh, I think it's in March. I think it's late in March. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but you know, when when they start dropping these songs, they will they will sound good.
1: Yeah, that's it. They they, I mean, they're more than competent. They're they're a worthy addition to any set list. I mean, they're yeah. You know, like you say War's got a proper stomp to it, and then you have got stuff like By the Dawn which just rattles along at a decent old place, especially after *My Will to Live*, which has got a real just this massive slow, slow groove to it. That's it almost
0: it's, it's almost like sludge metal, that isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, it makes you want to gurn and just kind of crab walk around the room, sort of thing. It's you know they, they. It does have, for a death metal album, death metal in inverted commas. It does have quite a lot of variety and the pace changes quite a lot through the album, doesn't it? Is this fast bit, slow bit? Yeah, that,
1: that's it. That's it. It's groove. dynamic. It's, yeah, it's it's not yes, just yeah, it's all same old same yeah, old Yeah, which which is which is my problem with a lot of death metal, is it just it's not dynamic enough, yeah. You know, whether it's fast, mid-paced, or slow, it, it's just it's too samey. That's well,
0: why my, how um Bloodbath managed to nail it last year with survival yeah. sickness, that you know, same they got that right. The pace changed and lots of groove and lots of hooks, yeah. you know. And, wanna, and it, this you, is you've this similar. It, it's so, it's
1: uh, it's a good album. It's a good it's simple as that. It's it's not, you know, it's not. It's not, I don't think, a classic for me. Um, no, it's, it's
0: not reinventing the wheel, far no, from it. No, but you don't want that from a bitch from bands like a But,
1: but uh, yeah, certainly it's a, it's a good album, and I'll you know certainly be listening to it, you know, a few more times over the year, really. It's so. um,
0: it's a very good, it's a very good driving album. It's got that kind of
1: yeah, I can see that
0: yeah, that that kind of sort of plot. To it. I, I like even like the way that the album rounds off with another kind of sludgy heavy slow. You know, Sort of song called "Be Warned." It just it just leaves you feeling filthy when you finish listening to the album. And you know they don't look. They just they've come in. They've laid it down, sort of hard and heavy, big thick fucking riffs. Not giving a fuck. This is what we do, and they just do it really well. Thirty odd years into their career, and they're still absolutely nailing it. So, yeah, you know i I've never been their biggest fan. I think you know, going back to the old school days like World Demise, I really enjoyed. But the really early obituary stuff, slowly we rot and that kind of thing. I've never been that big a fan, but from Frozen in Time onwards, I've I've quite enjoyed it. They've got a bit more groove based, and it's, it's it's been really good. But yeah, fair play to them. They've they've absolutely nailed it on this one. You know, it's good to see the the old guard coming along when there's so much strong new material around, and they just come along and pretty much blowing everyone out of the water.
1: I do. I always wonder. I want, always wonder how uh, Donald Tardy's um, involvement with Andrew WK is uh, influenced him.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, when you listen to some of Andrew WK stuff, you can really hear that pounding sort of drumming in, in it, and it's it's, it's yeah. it is really weird to hear. But yeah, look, you know, playing something completely different, it might have given him a whole new lease of life. So, you know. Um, so talking about death metal then We're yeah. talking about the old school Let's let's talk about something new then So a debut album that also came out last Friday um, By a band called Leper Colony um, The album is self-titled It came out on Transcending Obscurity Try saying that when you're pissed <laughs> um, First listen I thought yeah, this this is good. It sort of sounds a bit like classic death. It was it was decent, but going back in a few more times, this is another potential album of the year. It's it's an absolute fucking face ripping motherfucker of a death metal album.
1: I really like this album. I mean, this is this is you know I'm trying like, trying to connect with death metal more and more, but this is this is what's going to do it. You know, yeah. it's it's full on at times. For me, I think what I really like about it is it, it seems to occupy that middle ground between old school death metal and thrash. Yeah, it's not a pure death metal album for me. There's, there's definitely thrash, thrash in moments there.
0: in there. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
1: Yeah. They, they, you know, it's got that palm muting and that accessibility, and again, dynamic. It's not same pace.
0: Yeah,
1: it's you know, you've got. I mean, you know, the the, the first track, "Human Paradox," it's all over the place, and you've got a big old Big, huge chorus, big drums going on. And then Gruesome End at the end, you know, again, proper, you know, belting along a a, a fair old pace and whatnot. The the guitar solo
0: intro to that Gruesome End, it's just, I just fucking love that. Yeah. It just sounds, it sounds so cool. But yeah, track four, Tar and Feathers, that could be a Slayer song. It's just pure thrash, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, and this is just more examples of, of how strong death metal is now on um, Flesh Cruel Demise, which is a really sort of angry, aggressive, proper, full on song, and then there's that Tom O'Reilly style scream of yeah. Flesh Cruel Demise towards the end. And it's it does it makes it just makes you think of Classic Slayer,
1: this album. And they got well, and this is in terms of like the album structure, I mean, 33 minutes long. You know, it, it knows it knows what it needs to be. Perfect. In terms of leg, absolutely. You know, halfway through, tr- you know, the sixth track is the well, it's the title track, and the album. You know, they've done an angel witch and an IMA. Yeah. It's called it's called Leper Colony. <laughs> Leper
0: Colony by Leper Colony on the <laughs> album Leper Colony.
1: Yeah, everyone everyone has to do that. Metallica never did that, did they? No, so, they didn't. No, no. no. Um, and again, you know, they 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 slow down at the right moment. They yeah. know when to do yeah. that, and it's big. You know, this big, slow, atmospheric sort of riff. You know, that introduces a you know the actual song and mid-paced, bit of doom to it. Yeah, bit of menace and whatnot. And it's, it's just it's just knowing how to do it and get it right and stuff like that, and how an, an album should work. And you know, they they've. I mean, they've got experience of the beers, They come from previous bands, haven't they? So they no Yeah, it's,
0: it's that... a bit of a supergroup. I think one of them was in Morgoth. The, 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 to be honest, that's yeah. the only band I've heard of that ex-members were in. Um, but yeah, they, they yeah, it is a, a little bit of a supergroup. It, it the, the death metal moments do remind me of of death, like scream bloody gore era death, and that can only be a compliment, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, the production is great. You know, it, it just sounds without sounding too polished. It's, it sounds nice and big. The guitars sound good. The drums sound huge. The artwork's awesome as well. Yeah, you know yeah. they've got they they have another one. They just fucking they I, probably nailed it.
1: I'll say the artwork's good. They do need to they need excuse me they need to extend expand their merch because that is literally the only merch design they've got at the moment. Yeah, they, they, yeah, so. <laughs> endless possibilities
0: it, The album also needs to be on vinyl Because that artwork needs to be unleashed yeah. On 12 inches
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean like I say, production is nailed on That's it, it's it not is. It's yeah. not Too much, it's not too little, it's just Bang on um, Yeah, and I think this is the thing, Is obviously a lot of it, There were some other albums that the metal community Were sort of, you know, looking forward to I think last week and whatnot, and I didn't see enough People talking about this, and this wasn't even mentioned On some, you know, some Websites as well as a sort of notable release this week and i'm just thinking hang on I've, you know it's of put on youtube a couple of days in advance it's an absolute belter what's what's going on so yeah, that's clever
0: that's a clever move that I, I i quite like that just dropping it a couple of days early
1: yeah well, it gives us a chance to review it a bit sooner doesn't it
0: yeah yeah um, but you know what it, it has in the last sort of week it has picked up a bit of traction on media. I've seen a lot more people talking about it
1: yeah and they yeah they they need to if this is this is a I mean, this could well be my favourite album of the month, you know. And yeah, I've, the top I, ten yeah.
0: of the year. Well, we'll 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 come to that in a minute. But um, but yeah, I, I could potentially agree with, you with that. It is it is that strong an album. So look, look, anybody who hasn't heard it. Look, if you're into if you're into death metal, if you're into Slayer and and all that kind of thing, I, I urge you to check it out. And but give it time because, like I said, first listen for me, I was like, yeah, it's good, but it clicked after two or three listens, and it and it really we'll
2: clicked. Them. What would be the go-to obituary album?
0: Going back to obituary, well, to be honest, I would say the current one. If you were starting mm-hmm. out with obituary, it's a really good intro. That or Frozen in Time from two thousand and five, I think. Um, yeah. it's got a kind of similar vibe to it. So, but I think if if you're into that kind of stuff, Leper Colony are going to, you know, they they're going to float your boat as well. So, yeah. You know, let's let's start the revolution now. Go and fucking listen to them, and and um. So, should we tone it down a little bit and uh and and go a bit goth and moody and talk about the new <laughs> Catatonia album, not not fucking the Welsh lot, yeah, from back in the day and Tom Jones and all that shit. Um, Sweden's Catatonia have been around for you know, fucking well since the very about thirty years now, I suppose. And they'
1: fourteenth album, in it or something.
0: Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they, you know, they've been doing this, this stuff for a long time. I mean, this is a follow up to 2020 city burials. They're, they're quite progressive through the sort of 2010 period, 2010 to 2020. Um, whereas previous to that, it was just sort of driving sort of goth metal. You know, for me, I haven't, I'll confess, I haven't really listened to much Catatonia in the last 20 years. Um, Padre, remember, uh, your housemate Rich turned us on to Catatonia way back when, when you were in in university, the last Fair Deal Gone Down album. Um, that, Tonight's Decision and Discouraged Ones before it, those three albums, um, late 90s Catatonia, are, you know, they're, they're, they're amazing. And I think this new album kind of has that sort of feel to it, as well as the more sort of progressive, almost opathy-esque parts to it um, Padre you've had a listen to this haven't you what did you think of it
2: I, I quite like it I, I quite like the vocals and I think some of the riffs and the the, the, the lead riffs are quite good um, the only thing I would say is that I think sometimes like the guitars sound too far down in the mix like they need to be brought up a little bit like the vocals are quite high in the mix so they come forward, come forth really strong but for some of the riffs, which are quite good they're not they're not in your face enough and I don't know and I don't know too much about catatonia that their, their previous back catalog so but it's definitely something I've listened to a couple of times and it's definitely something I would put into a into a playlist um and you know i I think it's um I, I don't know I, I don't really know I don't really know how to define it. And I think that's a positive. I think it's just a good, it's a good metal album. It's worth listening to. It's, I mean, it's worth giving it the time to listen to. Need, if you it like definitely it. Is like,
0: time. Yeah, definitely
2: is time.
1: I mean, for me, again, it's played, early days I, for me, but it feels I, like, I more like an it, alternative metal album.
2: I played I, I played yeah. it to my wife. She she said that she, she she liked the vocals to some extent and she liked the guitar played to some extent, but she, she she said she felt it was a little bit pedestrian um and she did like the way that you know there's a little bit of the growling in it but then there's the clean vocals like you know they're actually trying to sing and and i think for a lot of people when you say oh i've got some like you know progressive goth or death or whatever it is and then i've got it's going to be growling and they hear that thing, oh you know it's not it's not it's not that which which makes it more accessible But just like on a a bit of a tangent, once I played her that. And she was like, Well, is there anything else like that? And I said, Well, I was like, like, I'm not sure. So I played a Blackwater Park by Opeth, and we basically listened to the entire album on the balcony about a week ago. And she she really fucking liked it. Like she, I played a Drapery Falls, I played her. Black, you know, Blackwater Park, um, Leper Affinity, all those, all those classics of that album. And you know, she was like, well, even when like Opeth are growling, they're growling in tune, like it's. And then like you know, they've got the the mix of the growling and then the clean singing and the acoustic slots. And she was like, this is like really, it seems like it's like listening to Pink Floyd, but it's metal, which, which I thought was quite
0: yeah,
2: yeah. an absolute analogy.
0: That's what Opus do. And
2: the fact that they just have acoustic songs on that which have got really good singing. And she was like, you know, you can tell these guys really know how to like they know their instruments. They know they know how to music. They're not just writing riffs. In in that context, of someone who doesn't really listen to a lot of metal outside of because like my wife like, she'll she'll listen to maiden, she'll listen to Metallica. Um yeah. She's like, I get why people like this. Like this, that's quite a good song, you know, this and that and the other. But like, I think Catastonia could be a gateway band for for some people to get into, or at least you know understand where that kind of music's coming from.
0: Yeah, um, yeah,
2: and you know, not without without turning people off at the the first the first listen.
0: Catatonia they're not a um, they're not a, a kind of grab you instantly type of band. I think if you're no, into sorry. that kind of music like you say bands like Opeth, Opeth while they're more progressive, they've got they're full of so many hooks and there's so much going on that there's always something you can pick out from it. Whereas Catatonia are a little bit more they do require a little bit more work and after listening to this album I've gone back and listened to some of the stuff over the last 20 years and I've kind of got more of an appreciation for it. I like this album. I think there's it's got some great choruses. It's just really anthemic stuff on there. Austerity the first song is a really strong album opener. It's got a, like I said a big chorus and it's also got those proggy moments. Um Atrium which is sort of I think it's like ninth track in got a very poppy chorus, really really poppy but it's impossibly catchy. You just can't help but sort of get get hooked into it and I think that's what they that's what they do well. I I definitely prefer from what I've been listening to recently I prefer Catatonia when they're just doing driving gothic doomy metal that's got that sort of alternative touch to it. You know every now and then there's like the odd Alice in Chains type moment and I I quite like that. They they do mix it up quite well. And th- this album does have a blend of the prog and the sort of classic goth metal and that sort of alternative sort of touch to it. Um, Drab Moon's got a really sort of weighty chorus to it, but yet Author is quite low-key at times, um, got a great guitar solo in it, but it's, it's, that's really progressive. So they mix it up well, but it is definitely not a first-listen, I love this type of album.
1: No, no, I mean, that's, that's the case for me, and I'm still very much in, in that early listening stage. But when you've got stuff like Birds, which is a cracker, I mean, it's, it's just a real sublime quality throughout the whole track. Yeah. But, it's, you know, that, I want to listen to that again. And I'll be honest, this is what I'm finding with a lot of albums at the moment. When they're prog orientated or a bit more complex, is I'm not actually always listening to them as an album. I'm listening to the odd track here and there, or maybe the first two or a couple of mid tracks because I'm feeling I absorb it better. Why? Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Why are you holding a fucking pen? What is it you're writing? (laughs) Put it down.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You like like, notes on the reviews. You're like some kind of like 19 1960s like liberal philosopher. Where's your fucking (laughs) tone?
0: Idle hands are the devil's playground. It's keeping him busy.
2: Yeah, it's it's like you know, he he's, he's he's like that 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 um character off the uh the Chris Chris Morris program, the day to day, Jacques, Jacques You know, like you know, he's just, he's a, a French guy. Just he's, he, he sat there. he's been commenting on things all night. You know, if politics is a pair of breasts, would the bra be a constitution? You know, it, it,
1: it's just. Like, I'm, I'm an artist. Put fucking pen down. All, like, what do you need a pen I've for? I've always got a pencil or pen in my hand. That's just normal for me.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, fucking anyway.
2: That's we'll, fine, but don't wave it around like it's some kind of fucking wand to accept your, and your point on a fucking audio podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Or <laughs> well, do you want me to go and break out my fucking board markers?
1: Yes, go on.
2: Right, do, do, do the, carry all on. The co- do, do you know do not uh, Again, on the tangent, the, the what, you, you can buy packs of board markers on a whiteboard. Yeah, do you know? What? I I bought a pack a year ago. Do you know what what color was in there? The worst color you could ever put on a white, white whiteboard: yellow.
0: You can't fucking see it. <laughs> like, why Why the fuck are
1: we talking about board markers?
0: <laughs> I'm just saying. It's just like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I
1: chop up I chop up my listening these days with certain kinds of bands and styles because I kind of absorb it a bit better and I think that's what I'm going to have to do with 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 Catatonia yeah, just because I think I need to focus on the dynamics of each song here and there. I mean, I, I can tell yeah. you now, that the end track stood out for me as well. There was a real sort of build up to it uh, to, to how it closed. It's um, um,
0: um absconder and it? it's it's a bonus track I think that and um... oh well
1: I know I'm thinking of the actual. Okay. Um. No. No
0: beacon. No beacon to emil- yeah. il- illuminate our fall. Yeah. 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 So it's um. Uh, it's. I think the 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 progressive edge of the album is quite subtle. There's the, it's not too in your face, which is which is good. I think it it could be a bit overbearing if it was. It's it's it's, it's very sprawling and epic at times, as cats only are. It's beautifully produced. You know, I know Padre said that the vocals are a bit high in the mix, guitars are a bit low in the mix, but that's quite a common trait of this kind of music, isn't it?
1: It's, there's a pleasing sort of punchy quality yeah. towards the whole yeah. thing, you know. But yeah, I, th- I think I see his point on the guitars. It, it feels like they could be a bit more prominent. They, they, they feel a bit under...
0: You can see undertook. what they're trying to do, almost like creating mood, kind of creating a bit of atmosphere, but...
1: Blend it all together a bit more. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, 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 I do get that. Um, Renski's vocals sound great as well, I think. You know, range is is up and down, and there's those growls in there as well. It's um, it it is a good blend. It's 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 like it's a solid sort of seven out of ten for me. You know, and I w- thing is, I will probably go back and I will listen to it loads more times now, and I will still pick more positives out. And I think it will get better with even more listens. And I've been listening to it for a good fortnight now. Look, another band that are 30 years into their career and are still are still doing it. So where are they from? They're Swedish, of course. You know, Sweden gives us all the best. And you know, like I said, they look, they started out as essentially almost a gothic death metal band, I suppose. They've almost followed a bit of a Paradise Lost kind of you know trail, haven't they? With, with what they've done over the years, and but they they have got more and more progressive as time's gone on. So I like it. Like I said, solid seven out of ten album. I might come back in a month and and say it's an eight out of ten album. I don't know, but it's for the first Catatonia album I've properly listened to in twenty years. I did really enjoy it, and the artwork's yeah. really cool as well. I love the artwork.
1: I mean, it's it's kind of like I definitely want to sort of check them out more historically because I'm much the same. They've kind of passed me by, so they're interesting enough. Have you ever have you ever seen them live? No, um, I think I think I was going to at one point, but um, no, I don't recall them.
0: No, I've I've never seen them live. No, um, I've, I've never really had much of an opportunity. They're not the kind of band that play a lot of festivals and things like that. Certainly not in the UK. So, uh, and they're probably not one of those bands that I would go out of my way to go and see. But I've I've seen stuff. I think they did um, they did the Union Chapel in London once, which might have been quite cool. I think it, that that kind of thing would fit. They did mm-hmm. like a uh, part of an acoustic set and then a, an electric set, but. Or something along those lines and that might have been quite cool that i can see how that would fit
1: i could you know what then <laughs> acoustic tech, absolutely they can yeah. probably do quite well with that kind of stuff they do
0: yeah they, they would they would really lend themselves to it so um so yeah look like i said it, it's it's a good seven out of ten and um i think it's it's going to get going to get better with um with more listens um but what else have we got uh so there's an album that's come out coming out next week on the 27th, coming out on Dying Victims Productions, which is another great little label which has given
1: us some absolutely cracking oh, stuff in, God. in in recent months. So this I hate is a- them. I hate them. Just stop it. Stop, <laughs> releasing, stop releasing these things. I, I, it's it's it, it is. It's. Oh, I was on Dying Victims. I've got to listen to it then.
0: Yeah, basically they're, they're like 20 bucks spin, and they are just, just for some reason they just keep picking up these bands. Um, so this is this is a band called Free Road. Uh the album's called Do What You Feel. And um to kind of sum it up, it's uh, it's very retro, old school kind of classic hard rock, 70s throwback. Um, some of it sounds a bit like Manila Road in places, a bit like Skinner, a bit of Blackfoot in there. Um voice of Reason. You've you've been listening to this more than us, haven't you? What um what did you think of it?
1: I mean, yeah, I mean let's let's cut let's cut to the chase and and, uh make things simple here do not expect anything fancy or innovative or progressive or you know or whatnot or technical from this band this is like you say classic 70s rock proper throwback that's it yeah and they're good at what they do yeah and i'll and i'll and i'll be straight up here you know i'm an 80s man when it comes to music most of the things i like are rooted in the 80s but as much as i like plenty of 70s stuff classic 70s rock is one of those things that's just a bit further down my list i like it i can listen to it but i don't infuse about it like i would 80s or even 90s stuff um so i'm coming i'm coming at this from a you know a much more objective uh, um, frame of mind rather than an enthusiastic one and i enjoyed this album you know it's it's solid all the way through there aren't any duff tracks i mean it might dip slightly in the middle um before going back <laughs> up again but like you say you've got you've got all your 70s rock sort of bands all sort of been you know referred to within the mix yeah Thin Lizzy there you've got skinnard but i mean stuff like on the second track um rock chaser it feels like they're sort of touching on new wave of british heavy metal with a flash of journey
0: yeah i get that, um, I get that. Yeah.
1: yeah absolutely um but it's yeah, there's there's a few sublime choruses here. Stuff like Liar as well is one of them. Um and what I really like about this this album is the verses, the verses and choruses are good, they're solid, but it's the instrumental bridges. They're yeah. really they they get under your skin. I don't know what 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 it is. It for me in some ways, maybe I feel that they might they should be doing other things. They should be doing a sort of instrumental, sort of some sort of chill-out rock music because they seem to nail that stuff the best of what they do um rather than the choruses and the verses it's it's bizarre i've never come across that before but as it is is it's all pretty pretty damn solid and yeah i mean i i don't even drive but I'm, you know if i was to buy a car but i'd just quite happily stick this on driving through the flooded back roads of surrey in the winter um, or, or deepest mexico i've, I've listened yeah. to
0: it i've listened to it in the car um a few times and yeah, it is definitely one of those. It's like road trip music. It's got yeah. that sort of feel to it, and um, you know, pardon the pun, but "Free Road" is is kind of the the perfect sort of name for this kind of music. And um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it as well. It's it's you don't have to think too much about it. It's just like bands like um, like Parish, a, a British three piece who, who released an album last year. Um, it's very similar type of thing, and sometimes that's that's sometimes that's all you need.
1: Yeah, you've got to. If if he's doing something, do it well. And they know yeah. what they're doing a bit, and they're, and they're yeah. doing it fairly well. And you know, you can look at that and think, well, maybe their next album would be, maybe pushing a few boundaries, maybe be even better. But at the moment, they, you know, this is the they've more than passed the test for a debut album. Um, yeah, yeah. So and,
0: and and thank you to Dying Victims for picking them up.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not very Dying Victims. It's more more like slightly awake driving hitchhiker i don't know whatever but i mean my main criticism for this actually if i have to say anything is why are you releasing it in january for goodness sake this is a summer album
0: yeah yeah it's got that summary kind of feel, yeah. It? yeah 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 Cru- cruising through um like death valley in a convertible or something and it's got a very bluesy feel to it as well which yeah I, yeah I, if you I like if really you like
1: if you like your classic rock you you need to check this out definitely uh definitely one for the list
0: yeah, um, Davy Grudge, I know you'll be listening. Um, <laughs> you old fuck. Um, you will definitely like this because you're a massive fan of Blackfoot. So you will definitely like this. Give it a listen. Um so yeah, look, the last the last one I want to talk about, which we didn't really have on the agenda, but the one I do want to talk about is um, and Ant is nodding at me, is uh is is this the the, the tribunal debut album. Um this is getting quite a lot of fuss. This album, and and rightly so. So it's called the Weight of Remembrance, and so Tribune are essentially a two piece: um, it's a guitar player and a female vocalist, stroke cellist, all classically trained, all this kind of thing. So, and it's it's very much doom, very very much doom. But I can't think of the last time I heard an album. I've listened to it, I think, four times now. That has carried so much weight and drama and pomp and circumstance as this, it is, it's, it's, it's like nothing I've, I've heard before. It's it's like the end. It just sounds like the end of the fucking world.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, for a two piece to make something like this, which doesn't, I mean, yeah, obviously they've got session musicians or the touring musicians mm. involved or whatnot, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, in terms of two core songwriters, as a focus. Um yeah, I mean it's it's I heard a lot of chatter and and whatnot and made a point of checking them out based on some of the, the some of that chatter to begin with. And um again, I'm not a doom sort of merchant in terms of music, um, primarily, but it it grabbed me, I said last time. Yeah. Um there was something about it, and it's there's this, you know, it's very doom, but it's just very very weighty very monstrous and monolithic and yeah oh, grandi- grandiose
0: yeah um how, how many more superlatives could you throw at yeah you, really?
1: and it's just you know, again debut album what the hell are you playing at? you've got no right to be sounding like this at this stage
0: and again this is 20 bucks spin so
1: yeah <laughs> and i and I'll say, I haven't really properly listened to this album yet. I've only given it a couple of spins on YouTube in the background whilst to do other things. It hasn't had the cold winter walk in the ears, listening yeah. yet, where I'm yeah, you, focusing on the album.
0: Yeah, you you need that. You, yeah, It's going to take... I mean, I, I like I said, I've listened to it, I think, four times now, but it's going to be another one of those where 10, 15, 20 listens in and just going to yeah. keep hearing more and more. I mean, there's just so much going on. The contrast in of uh, the vocals between, you know, her sort of clean female vocals and and the um and the sort of more guttural sort of side of it, mixed with all the, the strings and the the big drums and all it just sounds it just it just sounds huge. Mm. I, I've honestly I've I've I honestly i have i have i do not think I've ever heard anything like it. It feels like the first time I, I ever heard Cult of Luna.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't want it to compare them to cult like. of Lunas but it's got back no, I don't sort no of...
0: musically it's, it's it's miles away but it is it has a similar kind of feel to it and, and it has a similar effect on me impact. in terms of impact yeah, yeah 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 exactly that um couple of standout songs of creeping of, of creeping moss and yeah. stone <laughs> Fucking you know um that's that's just it's just a, a a stunning epic piece of work um without answer which is one of the songs that dropped before the album and then the album finishes yeah. With a song called the path which is over 12 minutes long and it's it's just a it's just a, a, an incredible piece of music it's a a masterpiece it really is this is definitely a potential album of the year already and we haven't even hit february yet
1: but, but this this is one for january yeah
0: this, yeah, this is yeah. this is
1: definitely a january record yeah
0: de- yeah yeah cold <laughs> miserable Fucked off, had enough, depressed, all of that. This is the the perfect soundtrack for that, hundred percent. But even if I think even if you're not into doom or anything like that, you just need to hear it. It needs to be listened to loud, um, and and just soak it all up. As yeah. as cheesy as that sounds, it is. It's one of those
1: in a very darkened room with minimal lighting. Yeah, maybe some candles, just like the album cover, and a bottle of red. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, um, and just soak it up. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and and again, and, and love it. It's um, it's a stunning piece of work. So, I'll um, I think we will be talking about this band more as weeks go on. I, I hope that they um, they get to the UK and play live. I'm intrigued to see how they translate this live. I really am. So, yeah. you know, hopefully that happens at some point.
1: I oh, wanna. There's also one more album I want to sort of mention um, just because it was on radar last, last December. Um, and unfortunately, because I think we only have one episode in the end in December and I was ill and it kind of fell through my cracks as well, I'm afraid, but I want to make a point of uh, just, I don't uh, want to hear about your crack. Well, you'd be the only one, mate. <laughs> um, I want to make a point just to sort of shouting out because it was a, uh, yeah, it was a solid listen. this. Yeah. band called Green King.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: Finnish, yeah. Finnish heavy metal band called Hidden Beyond Time. Um, debut album. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh you know, they describe themselves as beer-fueled stoner and heavy metal for all the trippers, tokers, hippies, followers of the left-hand path out there. So it's a nice description. <laughs> um, it's, the, it's the sort of grimier end of stoner metal. So we're not talking like the really low-end, groovy kind of desert rock sort of sound. It's a bit more... Uh, a bit more guttural a bit more dirty and all that and it, again it's got more in common with like stuff like manila road early man of war you know and the classic american rock kind of you know driving a truck through a thing but it's yeah it's got a bit of groove bit of new wave of british heavy metal influence just a bit of bit of that sort of uh, balance and um yeah it's it's a solid listen this um for you know from what i can tell they've got the potential to sort of do do sort of really good things in the future but um yeah, I mean they got they got the sort of, you know, the sort of mid mid uh, mid time sort of stuff like God Killer, and then you have got like eight minute tracks like the end of, of Life Takers. Um, so they got a good blend of stuff going on, and yeah, I I, I like this album. Um, so it's one to watch definitely.
0: I, I'll, um, I I must admit I didn't I didn't really give that much of a listen, but um, no, they're Swedish, so Finnish. Oh, sorry, finish. Uh, yeah. one or uh, the other.
1: Yeah, don't, don't mix those two countries up. Sorry, I, I, Definitely do, not.
0: I, I apologize <laughs> to both uh, both nations. Um, and please keep listening. Um, we we love you all. <laughs> um, and uh, welcome to uh Croatia and New Zealand as well, by the way, who've uh, who've joined us this week. Oh, minute. yes, so, brilliant. Uh, yeah, uh, and oh, and Russia as well. Sorry, I do apologize. Um, the Russians have joined us, Padre. We've got listeners in Russia. Good. <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, the tracking doesn't tell me exactly where in Russia, but um, but yeah, they're out there somewhere. You
2: know, if, if people, you know, from Russia are listening, I would just like to tell you know, say that I, you know, I think you guys have got the rub of the green over the years in terms of uh, not being given the due credibility that you should have for the fucking sound sacrifices made in World War Two. Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. thank like, you know, you no, know, I was this doing so that. I, I I did a less I did a lesson today, two lessons today on like why Germany lost the one. I was just basically they got fucked by Russia. <laughs>
0: That's why they lost the Russians did a job on them. Oh fuck I, let's, let's not go, not down go that, I'm that not way. going
1: anywhere near that <laughs> yeah let, let's, let's stay
0: away from that let's, one. Fuck you know we'll be in trouble. Um yeah look uh look it's um it's been it's been fun going over these arms like I said it's it's incredible that we're only three weeks into the year and already we've had potential albums of the year. So, you know, with with what's what's to come in the next few weeks, it's going to be a strong. I've already already started creating my album of the year list. Like I said, yeah, tracking I it think, from
1: the start. I don't I don't want to yeah yeah to sort of uh, late November and be thinking, fuck, what what do I do?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't don't you always forget about January so. But it's, uh, it, it's not really possible this year, I don't think. So, so uh, yeah. Uh, one other quick thing as well that I forgot to mention earlier is there's there's a few more bands that have been added to Incineration Festival in London. Um, Party Cannon, who are, all, <laughs> who are all, always always a great laugh. I mean, I've only seen them once at the Bloodstock in the summer, but it was it was thirty minutes of just nonstop fucking great fun um suffocation have been added as well um antichrist seeds machine uh spirit possession and th- there's a load more as well go and have a look at incinerationfest.com the whole lineups on there but that's that's coming together as a pretty good lineup there i think um with a bit of luck we'll all well a couple of us will, will be there and enjoying that so yeah uh I'm, I'm gonna dress all in pink i think um so yeah um th- thanks for listening this week it's um it's been fun looking back on uh on 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 these recent releases this just some some utterly amazing stuff if you haven't heard any of what we've um what we've reviewed go and have a listen to it i particularly um recommend Leper colony and tribunal because they're both new bands um and you need them in your life quite frankly padre's not even with us i don't think and think he's rolling a joint there. <laughs> he's he's not even in the same space <laughs>
2: I, I, I'm here. Sorry, I'm getting oh, you know, <laughs> know. Guys, listen. I've had a week. I've had a day. I'm not with it. I'm sorry Talk to all my love slaves out there. I'll be back on form next week. Okay. Uh,
0: next, next week. Next week. <laughs> next week. Next week. We're uh, we're joined by uh, uh, by Raptor, um Argentinian Spanish proper heavy metal. Again, another band that released their last album on Dying Victims. So, um, great band. Go and listen to them if you haven't listened to them before. They're, they're, they're fucking awesome. Proper heavy metal. And I'm sure next week will be uh, will be a lot of fun. So, uh, for now, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week.